Welcome back as the IFC presents another episode of the Individuation Podcast. My name is James Malamus. We've got a great episode for you. The crew is all back today as Dr. Lahab Al-Samurai, Dr. Eric Tomlinson, and Dr. Lisa Hong continue our discussion, this time going over the story of stupid Ivanko. If you enjoyed the IFC's Individuation Podcast and want to support, make sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. So without any further ado, Dr. Al-Samurai, take it away. Welcome back to another episode of the IFC's Individuation Podcast. I'm Dr. Wahab El Samurai, and these are my co-hosts. Lisa Hung is with us, and Eric Tomlinson are both with us, the doctors. How are the doctors doing today? Peachy. Peachy. Ooh, peachy. Doing well. Oh, good. Excellent. Well, we're back with our favorite author, Mary Louise von Franz and Archetypal Symbols and Fairy Tales. Today, we have a very special story for you. As always, we go back to the hero's journey. And today, stupid Ivanko, um, a story from... Russia. Ah, okie dokie. So today we're back with a story from Russia. Um, we dedicate this to our Russian brethren who are not killing anybody. We dedicate this to the Russians who are not supporting Putin, which is most of the country. Yeah, there's a lot that aren't. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. All I have to say, it was so unfortunate. Why? Why? It's so unfortunate. Okay, let's get into the story. Um, Lisa doesn't think I'm funny today. Lisa, come on. I didn't invade Ukraine. Why are you upset with me? I don't understand. Okay, Um, we will start by reading the story, as always, too. all right, Lisa, hit it. All right, here's that Russian fairy tale, Stupid Ivanko. Stupid Ivanko. Stupid Ivanko. <laughs> there was once a father who had three sons. Two of them were sensible, and the third one was a simpleton. The more intelligent sons were his favorite. The third was just called Stupid Ivanko and spent most of the day sitting in, in, on his oven. One day, the father went to market with his two smart sons and ordered Ivanko to stay home. If everything was in order when they they returned, he would get a red shirt. As soon as the father and brothers left, Ivanko's sister-in-law ordered him to go and fetch water. But as everyone knows, the dumb one always has the luck. Along with the water, Ivanko scooped up a golden fish. The fish pleaded that it be set free and promised that it would later be a great help to Ivanko. You only have to say, by the command of the little fish, by my own request, I wish that such and such happens. The next day, Ivanko's sister-in-law sent him out to gather firewood in the forest. Upon his own wish and the little fish's command, the sled drove into the woods without even a horse having been hitched. Ivanko asked and the firewood stacked itself up on the sled without Ivanko doing anything. On his return trip, he had to go through the marketplace. 
It was very crowded with people all over, but Ivanka did not go right or left. He just drove straight through. The people ran out of the way, astounded as the sled that went by itself without horses. They wanted to grab him, but Ivanka was gone again in a flash. This angered the people all the more, and the next day they set out to find him. Sure enough, there he was in his hut, sitting on his oven, laughing. They accused him of having run over and squashed many people at the marketplace with his heavy laden sled. He cried out, no, I didn't do that. But they were all relentless. Ivanko finally out, called out, by the command of the little fish, by my own request, bring on the fire hooks and drive these people out of my hut. Immediately, fish hooks appeared and thrashed the people, driving them out the doors and windows as fast as they could escape. The townspeople put their accusations on paper and sent it to the Tsar. There was a crazy man in a hut who knew all the tricks of magic and whom they could not bring to justice. The Tsar read the grievance and commanded that they should bring Ivanko to him with the help of a sack full of sweet meats. When they found Ivanko and offered him the bag of confectionery, he let them in and quickly ate all the sweets in the sack. But when they said, now come with us to the Tsar, he answered, without my oven, I am going nowhere. Again, the townspeople wrote up what had happened and sent, went to the Tsar with Ivanko's answer. The Tsar considered the situation and declared that Ivanko could come to him with his oven. With the help of the little fish, Ivanko drove on his oven to the Tsar. Once at the Tsar's palace, Ivanko was adamant that only riding upon his oven would he go up to his room. The Tsar was at a loss what to do with this impossible Ivanko and finally let him ride up to his room on his oven. Everything and everybody had to be brought up to him and it was mostly the sweets of the Tsar that Ivanka wanted. How much candy and sweet things he ate could never be counted. The Tsar's daughter also went to see Ivanko, fell in love with him and wanted to marry him. In spite of the Tsar's fury at hearing this, the princess jumped up on the oven with Ivanko and no one could bring her down. There was nothing that could be done and the Tsar had to allow his daughter to marry Ivanko. But as soon as they had become a couple, the oven disappeared. The Tsar ordered that, that a great barrel be made. When it was finished, he himself stuffed his daughter and Ivanko inside, had that barrel shut tight and threw it into the sea. For three years, the pair drifted willy-nilly in the ocean and then they were washed up on a beach with a little help of the little fish, Ivanko made the barrel fall apart and they climbed up on the shore. There was nobody around. It was beautiful, like in paradise. Ivanko wished a wonderful place we built that was even more magnificent than that of the Tsar. In this splendid castle, he lived with his wife. The animals and the birds brought them food and drink and the bees made sweets for them with their honey. The end. Ooh. Good story about stupid Ivanko. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> this is a story, like a series of stories that we've read so far. Uh, the simpleton is one of them, which is our hero is not very smart, doesn't have a high IQ. Um, yet he has all the fortune and good luck. So, the little fish 
the symbol of the little fish. What do we think of the little fish, of the little goldfish that asked Ivanko to release her and that she will pay him back? So this is part of the story. In each of the stories, there is an animal mm -hmm. um, that asks to be released. And if they are released or magical, in this case, fish, um, they will be able to give him back more than he thought he gained by taking the little fish. So what do we think of Stupid Ivanko? I don't know what strikes me right away is, you know, it starts out like it's going to be a another version of a Cinderella kind of story. And, mm -hmm. and yet, once again, this isn't the first story. Once again, the person who you think is going to turn into the Cinderella type winds up giving in to his dark side, <laughs> the dark force, and uses it to punish other people. Not saying that none of them deserve it, but he, he just, he doesn't become the kind, benevolent hero. So it, it just, it strikes me at how, how often that, that scenario seems to play itself out with Von's, Von Franz's heroes that start out so sympathetic and yet wind up seeing a side of them that you just wasn't expecting in the typical fairy tale good outcome story. Ooh. That's what strikes me the first and foremost. So let's, let's take a look at the symbolism of the story. Part of the story is about He's sitting on an oven and the oven and he won't go anywhere without sitting on the oven and he's eating cake from the oven, stuffing his fat mouth, stupid Ivanko. So part of it is the, is the loss of the maternal. The womb. Yeah, the womb for the oven. Yeah. yeah, it's the loss of the maternal. So he's he's lost the maternal, so he's regressed and he's a child again. Yeah. And he's in the bosom of the mother where he's constantly fed. And because of his arrogance, he ends up getting in trouble, ends up being in a barrel in the water with the czar's daughter. Our hero loses the oven, but he gains a wife. What do we think of our hero? What has he learned or did not learn from his story? Is a story about loss of innocence and childhood, loss of 
loss of the maternal. The fish comes, the golden fish comes from deep within the unconscious symbol. And as we go, Freud hypothesized that the unconscious is below the water where he would have an iceberg and the iceberg would be the conscious ego, the part that shows and the rest of it would be sunk into the water. The depth of the unconscious. Mostly Ivanko is stuck in deep within the unconscious. He, fish out, he fishes out the little fish, the golden fish. As we learned earlier, the golden fish, a symbol of magic, of light and gold of the sun. So he sees this golden fish, he picks it up and the golden fish promises him something a lot more. So at the beginning of the journey, he's somewhat aware, he's starting to become aware but there, there's something more out there yeah. than his uh, miserable existence that somehow he could actually make it through um, and that something good might come about. So the golden fish gives him his desire deep from within the unconscious. She gives him the mother that he's always wanted. And the mother that he's always wanted feeds him, holds him. Um, so with Hansel and Gretel, what happens is that the mother and father reject the children and they end up at the witch's house. And then she tries to bake them after feeding them a lot of goodies. She tries to stuff them in the oven back into, but they trick her and put her in the oven. So what do we think of the shift between um, the oven and the barrel? Well, it's, it's, it, it seems just like a natural, <laughs> I, I actually, I don't know. I was gonna say just uh, growing, just from adolescence into an adulthood phase of losing the womb, but what does the barrel mean? Well, it goes back into the, barrel, the womb. Uh -huh. Well, the barrel is like another symbol of the womb, right? Mm -hmm. So he goes back into the barrel, he gets stuck in the barrel, he gets stuck in the womb, and then he has to be reborn again. He goes into the water and he gets stuck in the barrel and then he has to emerge again. Mm -hmm. Because the first time that he goes through the journey, he doesn't achieve what he needs to achieve. And, and he's not, yeah, he's not clued in at all after the first time because he, no. I mean, he, he was so out of touch with reality that he wasn't even aware that his sled had run over and damaged people. He immediately denied it was him. Well, yeah, and his good fortune brought him arrogance and inflation, right? Psychological yeah. inflation. He felt that he was better than everybody else. 
instead of helping him understand that <clears throat> that he has grown and that he has changed and transformed. So he doesn't naturally transform um, unlike our other journeys. Our other journeys, when they face something, um, our other heroes, when they end up facing something, they, they transform by the act. I think the closest this story comes to is the, um, it's the guy who married the cat's daughter. What was it? The cat's, the cat was the mother. Is that how the title was? The mother of the cat. He married um, the other story that we went through the other day about the mice. And so we've had mice, we've had cats, we've had birds, uh, we have fish. So um, he's not aware. He's immersed in the unconscious. Yeah. And he is just not aware. He's not aware of what's going on, what's happening around him, how he's affecting other people. Which is a very adolescent perspective to be yes. completely self-absorbed, creating their own realities, um, having a lot of fun. And it's a very fun, creative story, but still not of any foresight or understanding of their actions. Yeah, not getting the consequences of their actions at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good, Lisa. Like, uh, like another Russian who has not woken up to the consequences of his actions. <laughs> um, the, um, let's, let's take a look at this second story. This is another short story. It's called The Importance of the Wonder Carriage. Uh, it's another Russian fairy tale. It's called The Miracle Sleigh. Let's read this. It gives us a little bit more on stupid Ivanko's good fortune. Okay, I'll read it. Sure. The importance of the wonder carriage is illustrated by another Russian fairy tale, The Miracle Sleigh. There once were six children of a merchant who putting their kopecks together <clears throat> purchased a miracle sleigh with golden runners. This wonderful sled traveled without horse and whip. They wanted to take the sleigh into the woods to the evil Baba Yaga. But as if on its own, the sled took off against their will and whisked them into the forest. Soon they came upon the hut of the Baba Yaga with its chicken legs and guarded by a gray wolf. Immediately, Baba Yaga also appeared and took five of the crying children into her hut. Only the sixth, little Ilya, whose head did not even stick up above the snow, did she overlook. And this little thing scared the big gray wolf 
and even frightened away the black cat, Vaska, who was guarding the children in the hut, and then freed his brothers and sisters. Once again on the miracle sled, they dashed home, just as they had come. It flew like a whirlwind through the dark forest, across the wide fields, along the river and over the bridge, all by itself, with neither horses nor whip. Soon houses appeared, and the, and the village came upon them, and the sleigh stopped dead in the middle of the big square. All six children stepped out and went into their home, greeted their parents, drank some hot tea, and were soon fast and deep asleep. Outside, the moon rose in the sky and looked down in amazement at the empty miracle sleigh. The wind whistled through the streets and blew the sled away, and no one has seen it, has ever seen it since. So this is another journey into the unconscious. The journey using a sleigh deep within the unconscious. These are children who are going into the depths of the unconscious. And the sleigh is also a maternal symbol, right? You walk into it, yeah. you close the door. What do we think of this story? What do we think of the sleigh? I don't understand why they wanted to, why they wanted to take the sleigh to the evil Baba Yaga. I don't understand that one. The Baba Yaga is um, the boogeyman. Yeah. yeah, forbidden. The, the, the kids do this all the time. Uh, you, yeah. you shouldn't do this. As soon as don't watch TV. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. okay. Parents leave. What are they going to do? They go watch TV. Yeah, this is. <laughs> this is about breaking the rules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, you know, facing the thing that they they think that they're they don't even know how to fear it or even if, yeah they're, they don't even <laughs> they just do it. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. So today's stories, the sleigh, and stupid Ivanko. And stupid Ivanko goes to the king and talks to the king, and the king is just kind of annoyed by him, <laughs> irritated by him. You know, wants him to get off the freaking stove, you know. Get off your mother's lap. Grow up, son. But the but his daughter falls for this guy. <laughs> and she goes running off with him. Very interesting. Interestingly, though, they um the sleigh mm -hmm. operating on its own, again, symbolic of the mother's care. Uh, on its own brings them back <laughs> to safety. Yeah. And, uh, and, and takes care of them during their entire journey. Yeah. It also takes them to 
Baba Yaga directly. <laughs> it's like an extension of their desire. Like they want to go, they want to go there. Let's go there. I don't know how to get there, but could you know, let's, I don't know, but it does and knows what they want to take them yeah. there. Yeah. And, and when they go back, they want to go home. I want to go home. Let's go home. That was weird. Let's go home. <laughs> so it takes yeah. them there. How do I get home? I don't know, but this thing knows how to do it. Um, and it, Deep, well, it gets scary deep within the unconscious, right? Mm -hmm. We lose touch with, with what the external looks like. In the unconscious, any kind of monster can come and get you. Baba Yaga mm -hmm. could come and get you. So it's one thing to want to journey into the unconscious. is another thing to continue the journey as we've seen and um, in Hades, you could journey into the unconscious, but they tell you, don't look back, right? Mm. You look back and then you're stuck there forever. Mm. You won't be able to leave. So they can't look back. They can't go back. They move forward. And by moving forward, they are able to make it home. And the stupid Ivanko, and his story um, has a piece of luck. You know, stupid Ivankos everywhere. We have so many stupid Ivankos, it's amazing. You know, there's so many of them. Politicians, greedy business people. Um, you know, we have so many stupid Ivankos. Actors, um, there are so many of them. And what they do is that they live in an unconscious world of their own. They're not connected to what other people have to face. And in the story of Stupid Ivanko, the townspeople come and it's like you trampled us on your way. And he decides to trample them again instead of becoming conscious of what he did and how much pain he had caused, he decides, well, you know, I'm just going to trample you again. I could do what I want. He uh, did it with hooks, too. Yeah, this time he right. went after them in a vicious way, right? Yeah. Like another stupid Ivanko. Yes, yeah. he went after them with hooks. He went after them to tear them apart. So his fortune or his luck is other people's misfortune. So his, his, what, he, what he thought was his lucky day ends up being the worst day for the rest of the village because stupid Ivanko decided that he was gonna roam through on, um, on an oven across the way over them. And then he, they come to complain to him, but he doesn't listen. He doesn't care. It sounds like a very modern story. I have mine, go get yours. Where's yours? I have mine. It's a predominant theme now. It's about greed. Yes. It's about not 
not being conscious of others around you, not being conscious of the suffering that is happening to other people. That's right. Not being conscious of the importance that um, we owe each other as brothers and sisters, that we need to stand together, that we need to care for each other. Yes. That really, a good point. really a good point. I have a question for you too, if I may. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's obvious that the mother archetypal energy in the sleigh is powerful. Baba Yaga can't deal with it. You know, I mean, that's how, and she, like Lisa said, she goes straight there and straight back. There's, there's nothing pushing her off the track. She's got that kind of power and determination, focus and direction. But my question lies with little Ilya. Here's the, here's the littlest one. Can't even pop her head up out of the snow. And somehow she's typed, she's, she has tapped in to this mature, protective archetypal energy and and scares the bad wolf scares the big bad wolf scares baba yaga i mean where did that come from well what we know is that when children are born on this planet when they're born they have no fear that they, that they are able to see things and hear things and be, be who they are. They live mostly in the unconscious kids. They don't live in the conscious world yet. They had, they don't understand the conscious world. You know, that's a good, so, that's a good point. Yeah. So it's a, it's a different, uh, it's a different developmental reality for small children. And this is why we don't disrupt little kids when they play, because this is how they construct and learn from the world around them, is through play. And one of the things that they have to do is the use of imagination in play. The more that you're able to use imagination in play, the more creative you are, the more able you are, this is one of the things that we used to, um, when we we're assessing kids, if they um, have psychological or emotional issues, is how do they play? Can they use their imagination? Do they know how to do that? Do they know how to construct a game? Because if they don't, that means that the damage is pretty extensive if kids don't know how to play. This was one of our um, early understandings of what happens with kids. So if a child doesn't know how to play, then the child's traumatized. There's something very wrong with the child. Is That is... Um, the way that we come into the world. Play is the way we learn from the world. I mean, we do that in the beginning of the podcast. We kind of chit chat, we kind of talk and talk crap sometimes just to 
loosen up before we start the podcast. It's play. It's play, and play is constructive. Um, without play, then they can't learn, they can't grow, they can't change, they can't transform. Everything becomes too concrete. Everything becomes an immovable object. We cannot move it. It's too big. I cannot imagine a house. I can't imagine a flying house. I can't imagine a disappearing house. Therefore, I'm stuck because I can't imagine. Right, so the imagination is is our is our ultimate, you know, lever of health. The more imaginative we are, the more the world around us works. Can you imagine? If you can't imagine, you know, we ask people to imagine things. We ask them to say, hey, can you imagine a life without pain? Can you imagine a life without mental illness? Can you imagine a life without symptoms? Can you imagine a life without trauma? We ask <clears throat> all the time the people that we work with, as coaches, as practitioners, as counselors, as therapists, we want them to be able to imagine because without imagination, they cannot move forward. They're bogged down. Imagination is, um, is freedom. So part of telling the fairy tales and part of like going through these stories is about how do we express ourselves? How do we see ourselves? How can we imagine ourselves as something else? You know, last week we talked about it. We talked about, well, you know, let's imagine helping one another. Let's imagine healing the planet. Let's imagine healing our fellow uh, brothers and sisters. Let's imagine, let's imagine a different world. Let's create something new. When we imagine, we should create something new. Imagination and creation are one end uh, of each other. And they tie themselves into a loop. Without imagination, there is no creation. It doesn't work. Creation and imagination are bound together. We have to imagine it first. We can't create anything without imagining. We cannot create. Um, we can't create a different path, a different life, a different way of being, feeling, thinking, connecting without imagining it. This is why we need imagination. This is why we read archetypal symbols and fairy tales. Because it liberates us. It shows us ways out of our predicament. Even for stupid Ivanko, there's a way out of your predicament. Now, the question is, if you decided to jump into your predicament, that's a different issue. 
but I just, I just got you out of here. Now you're jumping back into the pot. You just got out of the pot. Interesting story today, Superdivanko. Very um, symbolic of the situation that we have. We need to imagine a better world. We need to imagine an end to war because in the end, it will destroy us all if we cannot imagine these things. If everything is concrete and everything is about territory and money and more land and more wealth and more mega yachts, then your imagination is quite limited. Yeah. And the people are and the and the people around all that suffer. Yeah, absolutely. And the people who have it do not enjoy it as much as they think they do. Exactly. Because they're constantly worried about losing it. They're constantly hiding money in uh, Panama. They're constantly moving shit around. They're constantly trying to stay under the radar. They're constantly moving from place to place. They need five passports. They can have two. They need so many countries because they're never safe. You don't know who's going to take your money. Yeah. They're converting There's money into Bitcoin and gold and silver and any kind of form that can withstand the coming hellaciousness that yeah, is no way. Yeah. Meantime, the earth burns. Meantime, the planet is under siege. Meantime, we're on the verge of a nuclear disaster. Meantime, anyway, that was the bright spot of today's podcast. I just wanted to throw that in just to say, you know, well, well, great show, guys. I really enjoyed our short stories today. Usually we have a long story that has um, several aspects or several layers to it. This one is kind of tucked in. They're both very unique, very short tales about um, the imagination, about the unconscious, about what treasure really means, what it means to have uh, friendship, to be connected, to be loved, to be uh, healthy, uh, to be clear, to um, imagine. It's a, good, it's a good question to ask ourselves, Dr. Lahab. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Um, Dr. Lisa, Dr. Eric. Well, with that, oh, Lisa wants to say something. It was on mute. <laughs> you were on mute. Okay, good. Raise your hand next time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, with, with, with the creativity and openness comes... Um, um, it comes more naturally with some childlike mannerisms, but Ooh. hopefully we can um, find a balance of both in our adulthood, in our consciousness of maintaining that 
uh, wonderment and um, lack of fear and fearlessness um, and, and uh, move towards creation and community, ultimately. I like how that's said. With that. I do too. Oh, yeah. Dr. Eric, did you have any last words? No, I, that, that, I really enjoyed that too, because again, it reminds me of little Ilya. She kept, she kept, as Lisa perfectly described, she kept her sense of wonderment, but then started, started reaching out her mind toward that, which is outside of herself enough to where she would scare away the things that were keeping her family away from her and freed them. It said she freed them. So beautiful combination of what Lisa just described was in Ilya. The wonderment, the creativity, the, the love, and yet she's starting to reach out to others and, and give that same thing to them, enough to free them. Well, Mr. Putin, I hope you heard. Reach out, touch somebody in a nice way. Um, I don't know if I want to tell Mr. Putin to reach out and touch somebody. Uh, reach out and shake somebody's hand. And this war, um, let's start to imagine a different world. Let's create a different path. With that, I am Dr. Lahab El Samurai. This is the IFC's Individuation Podcast. And we at the IFC are not afraid. We are not afraid. We are not afraid. We will see you next week. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the IFC's Individuation Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Dr. Eric Tomlinson, Dr. Lisa Hong, and Dr. El Samurai. We'd also like to thank Eric and Lisa for taking the time to join us. You can find us on the IFC's YouTube. Make sure to check out the JAMP Institute for Training's Magician's Call podcast as well. Tuning in next time to the IFC's Individuation Podcast for another episode soon. The IFC is a non-for-profit institution. We do not have any paid advertising for our podcast, but we do accept donations. All donations and contributions are tax deductible. You can find more info at theinstituteforconflict.com.